Is Taekwon Thornton on the fast track? Why is David Andrews still the main man in the middle? And what can we expect from mandatory minicamp next week? I'm Mike DeBate, and you're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Also, your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I also cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So please, please leave a message. <laughs> Definitely let me know what's on your mind at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L on the Bird app. And of course, as you can see, it is not Wednesday here on the pod, but it is still time for the middle ground. It is still time to bring that class and pizzazz that you all know and love during the middle part of the week. She is a columnist extraordinaire for PatsPropaganda.com, as well as being the host of one killer Patriots podcast. A clear perspective of Patriots podcast is something that you should be smashing that subscribe button, downloading, consuming wherever you get your podcasts. My good friend, the lady of Locked On here on Locked On Patriots, our resident midweek voice of reason, the illustrious Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me here today as she does each and every Wednesday, even though it's Thursday, folks. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, well, thank you for having me. It's it's It seems quite apt, really, to have the Countess of Claz on when it's the celebration of the Queen's Jubil- Platinum Jubilee over here. So it seems like, yeah, it seems quite apt to be on on the Thursday on this bank holiday for us in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What better day to celebrate royalty than to have a member of the Lockdown Royalty here <laughs> on the show? Uh, I, I, I don't kid when I say that. You truly are. Uh, a gem of this uh, podcast, and I don't truly don't know uh, how I'd be able to get through the week without our chats. And I mean, that, I mean that sincerely. <laughs> um, also, be able to get through this show without your wisdom and counsel, because you always bring it the way only you can. And as I said to tease the opening in the show today, Claire, there are some storylines that the Patriots right now are in the midst of working through as they march toward mandatory minicamp to begin next week in Gillette, June seventh through the ninth. That's going to be telltale for a lot of things, but there are a couple of storylines that we've noticed here, uh, you know, throughout the course of the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks, especially the wide receivers, especially the offensive line. Two things in particular stood out to me, and I thought we'd talk about those today, and I wanted to get your thoughts on these subjects. Um, Let's start in the wide receiver core. Um, Mm -hmm. The Patriots took the practice fields now twice, and those sessions have been open to the media. I've had the uh, good fortune of being able to observe some of that. And when you watch the wide receivers work out, first of all, Mac Jones looks like he's developing a really good synergy with a lot of these guys looking very sharp when it comes to his connection with Kendrick Bourne, um, even Devontae Parker coming in now as the new uh, arrival. And rookie Tyquan Thornton seems to be finding a role in this offense as well. That's something that I think is going to really endear him to the, um, uh, the public here in New England and to the fan base. But 
there's still some question marks as to how the Patriots are going to spread the wealth around when it comes to distributing the ball. The Patriots may have a lot of bodies on the wide receiver core, and I think this wide receiver core is better than the one they had last year. But at the same time, you don't have that bona fide number one absolutely surefire shot that everybody wants or that everybody coveted in the offseason. I still think this unit is good enough to get the job done, but in order to be better than they were last year, they're going to have to get some big-time contributions from one of the new notable names, namely mm-hmm. either Devontae Parker as a veteran or Tyquan Thornton as a rookie. When you look at both of these guys, Claire, which do you feel has the chance to make a bigger impact this year on the Patriots roster? Well, it's quite significant that you're sort of only really mentioning two of the names. And I know obviously that's because these two are the newest in the fold. But there are a lot of other names kind of in there, in the mix that haven't been moved on, shall we say, in regards to Nikhil Harry. Now, mm-hmm. most of the fan base for the Patriots either believe or think that he is going to be moved on. So, mm-hmm. But the depth, as you said, it's quite interesting because you've still got Jacoby Myers in there who had you know, a, a great rapport in, in the Patriots system. You've got Nelson Aguilar who, granted, didn't really perform to... I suppose fan expectation really, because we don't know what Bill's expectation was of this guy. He, you know, he paid him as people like to say. So <laughs> you've got another veteran there who hasn't had, uh, hasn't really given much during a year that we've seen. So is it kind of Aguilar's year to prove himself as people like to say? So I don't know if, if when we whittle it down to just two guys that we've just got Thornton and Parker to, that need to perform, that need to show, that need, that need to be utilised. As you said, there's depth there on the wide receiver core. Now, if you are just talking about uh, Parker and Thornton, you're also talking about two individuals that may be new to the Patriots. But as you said, one of them is a veteran. Parker isn't new to the NFL. Granted, Thornton is new to the NFL, not new to football. Of course not. But you've, yeah, you've got two guys that are in very different positions within their career. So it's it's difficult to compare them in an instance, particularly when they don't really sort of play the same kind of position as such. Um, you know, I believe that Parker's more kind of of a multi-purpose, mid-range route runner, And Thornton's more of that vertical, stretch the field, you know, outrun the coverage speed, as as I know a lot of people keep talking about his speed. So you're looking to compare two individuals that haven't necessarily going to be showing the same skill set. So they're two guys that are probably going to be on the field at the same time, or there's a good chance that they'll be on the same field at the same time. And then, like I mentioned, uh, Nelson Aguilar, he kind of, I guess he plays a Parker-ish kind of, uh, position, you could say Parker plays an angle or kind of his position. They're individuals that are there to be multi-purpose. You know, they've right. got a bit more strength. They've still got speed, of course, because it, it's it's a position where you kind of need speed. Granted, so looking at it from that respect, I think it's difficult to just look at the the, the two individuals that you mentioned in a vacuum, looking at just Parker and Thornton and how they're going to affect the roster, how they're going to affect, you know, playmaking, that kind of thing. Because I think at this stage, there's a lot to look at with regards to the other members of the wide receiver core as well. And I think it's, as we've all sort of mentioned, as, as you guys, Boston Media have sort of mentioned, it, it, it feels a little bit early. I know that we're sort of, 
we're just desperate for scraps of football because it feels like it's been so long and we just want to see what this team has got because they're so different now to what we saw last year. And as you mentioned, the wide receiver core has upgraded, shall we say, with no disrespect to those that played last year. It has sort of, it does look like it's taken on sort of more talent, shall we say? And I'm very loath to sort of say that because I hate to sort of transfer it away from guys that played, you know, they're all last year, but yeah, we've got we've got um, an increase in skill set in the position we believe as fans anyway. So I think it's just interesting to see how they're going to utilise and and really which one, which way it goes in regards to the offence. Because as we all know, Josh McDaniels isn't there anymore, and we're pretty certain that the Patriots' way is going to stay, and it's they're going to you know work the same way as they always sort of have, but because they've got these different positions, because they've got these guys with different skill set and they've got a different offensive coaching system, we may see it very differently to sort of what we're used to seeing it. So to be honest with you, I'm just sort of anticipating, waiting to see what what they get out of these. And to be honest, what they take forward. So come September, who actually does sort of line up under the WR list and who is left um, from previous and from now, in all fairness? No, I think you make a good point. And I'm glad that you mentioned the guys that are on this roster because so often we get caught up in the new shiny toys. We forget about yes. what we've got. <laughs> we forget about the blessings that we still have here in New England. And we're going to get to those blessings in just a moment when we talk about David Andrews in the center position, because I know that's one of your favorite subjects, not yes. just tight endage, folks. Claire loves her <laughs> David Andrews, and she's going to be gushing poetically in just a moment. Um, but I think in a lot of ways where I was you know, kind of going with this thought process. And again, you take me back to a place of um, reason. You take me back to a place of being grounded, middle ground, uh, you know, um, you know, reasonable thoughts. And I, I appreciate that. But where I was going in this process as well, you've got these guys that are playing well, you know, that they're going to try to build on the momentum that they had last year. So when you look at the new elements, the two new big elements, obviously, on this wide receiver core are the veteran Devante Parker, a lot of uh, pedigree there when it came to what he did in Miami and then you take a look at this kid Tyquan Thornton now coming out of Baylor and being that speedy type of receiver that everybody's been wanting we keep hearing about they need a guy that can take the top off the defense I can tell you this kid can do it uh, he can really do it he's fast um, we had the opportunity to talk to Tyquan on Tuesday and it was funny. He mentioned that, you know, people would always come up to him and want to race. But since he ran the 4.28 at the combine, <laughs> no one is challenging him to a race anymore. <laughs> they don't want to be embarrassed. And that is lightning. I mean, there's no question about it. This kid can fly. Mm. The one thing that worries me about Parker and the, excuse me, the one thing that worries me about Thornton and the reason why I think Parker may be a little bit more of a threat this year is because, uh, first of all, there's a little bit of a slender build. I think he has to build into his pro mm -hmm. size. Now, that's not to say that he's going to add a lot of excess muscle bulk. He's not going to be one of these guys that's going to you know, be out there and, and look like a power lifter that does this uh, you know, on a regular basis. There are some guys out there that do it, and they do it well, and there's no question about it. Taekwon's never going to be like that. He needs to stay slender in order to maintain his speed. But the mm -hmm. second thing that I worry about with him is he's still developing his route tree and you can see it throughout this week he's working on running the routes he's working with joe judge even with mac jones is trying to show him the nuances of how the patriots do mm -hmm. business here 
I think that's going to continue to be something he works on. I think it's really tough to see a clear path for him to be a star right now on this wideout right. core. Uh, he'll get his touches. He'll get his opportunities. Mm -hmm. He'll show flashes, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that you're going to be talking about on a week-to-week -week basis of, wow, he had a really big impact on this game. It might be sporadic where he makes a play or two here and there and say, wow, this kid's going to be something in year two or year three. Parker is more NFL-ready. He's a veteran. There's no question yeah, about it. And I think his skill set lends very well into what Mac Jones and the Patriots want to do. Someone that can align on the perimeter. He can even drop back. This kid has an opportunity, I think, to be someone here in New England that – I think New England's been looking for that reliable receiver that can be the guy that takes the attention of at least one, maybe even two defensive backs at a time and free up guys like Kendrick Bourne, free up receiving tight ends like Hunter Henry and John o. Smith gives them a little bit more opportunity. So my thought process is Parker has the bigger impact this year. But there's a lot to like about this kid, Thornton, and he's a humble kid. Enjoyed talking with him. I look forward to seeing how he's going to blossom in this Patriots offense. Claire, one of the big things about being able to blossom in this offense, so to speak, is being able to get the protection that you need. And Mac Jones had his protection at times last year. Different look to the offensive line this year. No question about it. Mm -hmm. Gone are guys like Ted Karras and, you know, Shaq Mason is gone. And that's difficult for a lot of fans to see. But there are some new yeah. faces in the fold this year. Michael Wainu, not a new face, but he's going to be in a new place on the line. And then, of course, the rookie Cole Strange. There's so much talk about this line, but the man in the middle is still the guy who gets it done. And he's still the guy, I think, that is the straw that stirs the drink on the offensive line. What is it about David Andrews, folks, that makes him that indelible piece that the Patriots just simply cannot be without when it comes to the offensive line? Claire is going to lend her wisdom and counsel on that subject, as well as mine, in just a moment. But first, folks, it's time to talk to you a little bit about some of the major gifts that you may want to be putting out this year. Wedding season is coming up, Claire. I mean, there's no question about it. It's a good time of year for all of that stuff. And whether you're ready to pop the question or you're just celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as your significant other with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, the size, the clarity, and as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're available by phone, by chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Patriots. Our listeners here get 50% off, excuse me, $50 off the purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive, this podcast includes... This podcast exclusive engagement, use promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Patriots fans, we are back with the illustrious Countess of Claz, adding the Claz and Pizzazz the way only she can. The great Claire Clazy Claire Cooper is joining us here today on Locked On Patriots, columnist extraordinaire from Pets Propaganda, and of course, the host of A Claire Perspective, the Patriots podcast. Incidentally, my favorite listen out there in Patriots media. Definitely be sure to check that out, folks. 
Claire, in the previous segment, we talked a little bit about the wideouts and what they can, what we can expect out of the wideouts this this year mm-hmm. when it comes to the New England Patriots, the new faces, and some of the old guard that remains on this team. I think that's a good segue into the offensive line because what we're hearing on the O-line is that the Patriots offensive line is going to have a much different look this year. First of all, Ted Karras is gone. He's in Cincinnati. Shaq Mason will be in Tampa Bay. Joe Tooney left a couple of years ago. We know that's not you know, going to happen. So now we're looking at an offensive line that is definitely going to contain Trent Brown at one of the tackle positions. I'm almost convinced that it will be the right tackle position that he's manning, but you never know. We'll get to that in just a second. Michael <laughs> Wainu, Michael Wainu looks like he's going to slot in at right guard, replacing Shaq Mason. Makes a lot of sense. He hasn't played that position that much in the pros, but he played it very well at Michigan. That's what got dra- that's what got him drafted here in New mm-hmm. England. Let's face it. You're also looking at Cole Strange, the rookie, coming in, playing left guard. He's been taking a lot of snaps there lately, definitely showing some athleticism. He's bringing an energy that the Patriots, uh, I think, will find very beneficial on their offensive line. And Isaiah Wynn slotting in at the left tackle right now. Isaiah hasn't uh, he hasn't showed up for OTAs just yet, but. We're still waiting for him to to make that move and to to be there. Hopefully, they'll be there for mandatory minicamp next week. The one name that I haven't mentioned, conspicuous by his absence, is David Andrews. And David Andrews is always the stabilizing force. He is always the man in the middle. David Andrews is to the Patriots offensive line, Claire, to what you are here to Locked On Patriots. That stable, <laughs> middle-of-the-ground presence that always brings the type of stuff that you need always provides that type of guidance that wisdom and counsel to get you through the week just like david andrews gets people through the game um i know you're a huge fan of david but i also know you're someone that follows him very closely in terms of what he does on the field and off the field when you look at this offensive line especially knowing all of the changes that they're going to have to endure this year by the way i haven't even mentioned that matt patricia is going to be the one coaching them this year carmen brasillo now out in las vegas with Josh McDaniels, two years removed now from uh, a couple of you, actually more than that, uh, from Dante Scarnecchia's retirement. What is it about David Andrews that makes him that stabilizing presence in the middle and makes him so much of a key for the success of that offensive line? Well, I think some of it is going to be sort of personality, the the sort of the off the field, the in the locker room kind of attitude that he's got and sort of um, like camaraderie that he brings. The other thing is, of course, his sort of tenure as, as a Patriot. He was undrafted in 2015 to the Patriots, played 14 games, I believe, in his first year, or started 14 games in his first year. Other than when he was unfortunately out of commission in 2019 sort of due to those those blood clot concerns in his lungs he's been a very consistent part of the Patriots offensive line and with him being in the position that he is in the center he's a very key position in regards to like Matt Jones and you know another sort of key to keep using the same word but another key of the offense in regards to a quarterback so you've kind of got a key link to a key so you know you've got a very important position there and a lot of it is he's as I mentioned, as his time within the Patriots. Yeah, okay, so the offensive coaching and the offensive sort of uh, personnel has made changes over the years that he's been there, but he has been one consistent. So 
that in itself is going to work well for him, that he's mm-hmm. sort of always been there through these changes. He's been there for the quarterback. And it's obviously very, you know, sort of good for him in history-wise. He's been behind a very successful quarterback. So he spent a lot of time with, you know, within the just within the, the, the Patriots um the word that I'm after situation I've lost lots of words today um he's been in the you know in the Patriots company for a lot a long time under sort of Tom Brady and and I think that in, in itself is key you know he's 29 so he's got although he's not an old guy of course not he's got kind of that sort of experience maturity as as these guys kind of get older and I think you can see that in him just in general when you see him sort of on and off the field sort of social media things that kind of thing you know he's he he seems a very down-to-earth sort of grounded kind of guy and you want that when you've got the man that's in the center of your offense that's that those are the sorts of personality traits that that you're going to look for I would imagine being a coach or being an offensive coach so I think the changes in the in the offensive coaching, as you mentioned, Matt Patricia, because you've got David Andrews there as this consistent. Granted, he's not taking the place of a coach or the person, and I, you know, I would never to allude to that whatsoever. But I think his time within the Patriots' way, his time within the in the system, is is key mm. for the, the the coming together of the offensive line, and I think. It helps that he has got pieces that he's very familiar with in regards to Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn, to help sort of stabilise, maybe grow those kind of newer guys in the system, such as, I know Michael Wynn, you've been there for a year, but it, it helps that, you know, he's he, he's grown within the system and then you've got Cole Strange being introduced and not to mention sort of other additions uh, like Alex, is it Alex Dejale, um, who is coming from the True. CFL. So you've got sort of, I think I've got his first name wrong, so I do apologise. Um, Drew, Drew Dejale, that's okay. <laughs> oh, Drew, sorry, my bad, my bad. I don't know who Alex Dejale is. You know, maybe he's that's his okay. cousin and he'll come in next year. We'll see, Could we'll be. see. Um, awesome. <laughs> no, Bill's got him on speed dial. Yep. This is it, this is it. Oh, he's, he's a new name. His ears have just pricked up. Who is this guy? What do we know? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, <laughs> trying to go back to the subject. There's, you know, the, there are there are the new... There are other new bodies that are in the system that have kind of got different experiences behind them. But David Andrews feels a bit like an anchor in a good way, um, mm. not in a not in a negative sort of terminology. I mean that in a very good and a very respectful way, because as you mentioned um, in the introduction, yeah, a big fan of David Andrews. I, as, as you guys know now, I'm a big fan of the offensive line anyway, including like tight ends, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I think that the key is, I keep saying that word, so I do apologise, but I think the key is his time in the Patriots way and his relationship with Matt Jones. It grounds everything. And I think that's important when you've got the changes, when you've got the coaching changes, that kind of thing. You've got this familiar face. You've got this guy who's been here. He's seen it all sort of thing in regards to that he worked under Tom Brady, that kind of thing. So, I think that is important, his history within the Patriots, to help, as I said, ground the team, ground the situation and have the experience that he can share with the other individuals that are, you know, switching positions on the offensive line, coming into the second year or even brand new. So, yeah, he's a very solid kind of individual from what we sort of see. And I think those sorts of things, those sorts of personality traits, as I mentioned, are good for his position maybe it's sort out in regards to you know centers those are the sorts of persons that they do seek out I'm not a scout so I'm not quite sure but 
and his relationship with Mac Jones, that is another thing that's significant and um, good, as we as mm. we saw last year. They built up um, a good rapport initially, and we saw David Andrews go to bat for him all the time. He, you know, Andrews was ready to leap over still bodies to defend his quarterback, as we saw in a couple <laughs> of games last year when someone made um, a jump after the whistle, that kind of thing. So it's it's little things like that that really give you that indication of this dynamic, of this solidity, as as I, as I already mentioned, in regard to that, to make him such an important part of the offensive line and of the offense in, in, in itself. Absolutely. And again, uh, it's that stabilizing presence of a team captain that, had, like you said, very eloquently. Which has I didn't even mention. I didn't even think to all, mention. <laughs> that really, I, I think, gives David Andrews that gravitas that he needs to be able to dictate things along that offensive line. In the previous segment, we talked a little bit about Tyquan Thornton and being brought along as a rookie and being able to, you know, really kind of, I think, bounce his way off of some of the veterans that are on this roster. And even though they're not like old grizzled veterans that have been there for a long time, guys like Kendrick Bourne, uh, Jacoby Myers can really give him I think some good uh, you know feedback in terms of adding strength adding muscle but not necessarily adding a lot of excess weight things of that nature that's the mm-hmm. type of mental relationship I can see David Andrews taking on with a Cole Strange because to me I think Strange brings a level of athleticism that we haven't really seen at that position since Joe Tooney left yeah. Evan Lazar joined me on the pod last week here on Locked On Patriots and we talked a little bit about Cole Strange and how he looks and how He's drawn such amazing comparisons to Logan Mankins, but his game is actually a little bit more suited to what Joe Tooney brought to the table at the left guard position. I think he can mm-hmm. really uh, do a, a great job there alongside David Andrews in between both Andrews and Wynn, who I think Wynn had a little bit easier of a time adjusting when Joe Tooney was playing left guard. Maybe even though he's much more inexperienced and there's growing pains that Cole Strange is going to have, Maybe the type of game that he has is going to be a little bit more mirrored toward what Tooney brought to the table as opposed to what Michael Wainu did last year. You notice that Isaiah settled down a little bit when Ted Karras was playing that position. Again, the veteran Mm -hmm. presence kind of mimicking what was done in the past and keeping that consistency. David Andrews is the real true catalyst in being able to do that. He's the one that keeps things. He's the one that keeps things on an even keel. And especially now you're looking at on the right side, Awainu is going to be playing on the right, uh, you know, the, the right guard position. Trent Brown most likely will remain the right tackle. And he did a great job there last year. Assuming good health, this is an offensive line, I think, that will be better than the unit that you saw in 2021. And I think they were fairly mm-hmm. good at being able to protect Mac, but that's the job. You want to protect the quarterback, prevent those outside edge rushers from being able to get there, penetrate and disrupt the quarterback's um rhythm that's where mac had his problems last year when those blitzes were coming from the second and third level of the defense he had a lot of problems last year it's up to the o-line to be able to control them and i think the unit they have this year is more athletic to do it but you need that veteran presence in the middle keeping Mm -hmm. things on, on an even keel and dictating what goes on very few in the league if any are better than David Andrews at doing that so the fact that he's there is a big big uh boon for this team And also, let's not forget the change in the coaching staff as well. I mean, we talk about it with the quarterbacks all the time. Thank God Mac has Brian Hoyer there on the field to help him out and to be that on-field coach. Well, I think in a lot of ways, I think the Patriots are going to see that this year as well. Mount Patricia is going to rely very heavily on David Andrews 
to keep this unit together and to keep them cohesive and keep them all on the same page. Not an easy task. That's the job of a captain. And I think he'll do it well. And he has done it well for a number of years here in New England. Definitely sure hands. Definitely not to not not to be worried. If 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 it's in the hands of David Andrews, then I'm not worried. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? For the lack of a better term, I don't think the Patriots are too worried about that either. As long <laughs> as David Andrews is in the middle of that offensive line, I think they're in good shape. That being said, Claire, we've talked about a couple of the storylines leading in, meaning the offensive line and the impact of rookies on that unit, as well as the wide receivers. But mandatory minicamp, folks, is coming up beginning this coming Tuesday, June 7th at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. What can we expect out of this three-day event? Mandatory attendance, so everybody who needs to be there better be there. We're going to talk in just a moment about what the Countess has in terms of expectations. Will she be pleased at the end of this? What to do if she's not? We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, folks, in this competitive environment, Locked On Patriots listeners, could you afford to have a portion of your workforce just sitting around doing nothing? No, not good business. Why should your building be any different? Catalyst Power would like to lease that empty rooftop from you to build a large solar array, generate a brand new revenue stream without lifting a finger or being responsible for the installation or upkeep of that array. You can do something great for the environment, great for your marketing, and great for your bottom line, all at the same time. Catalyst Power will own, install, and operate the solar array at no cost to you. While your building won't receive the electricity generated by the array, it couldn't be generated without you. This is the simplest way to achieve an environmental, social, or governance goal, all while getting paid. Eligible rooftops in Massachusetts and Connecticut are over 50,000 square feet of usable space and are relatively new, or with a scheduled repair or replacement timeline. Earn up to $1 per square foot per year in lease payments. Go to CatalystPower.com slash LockedOnPatriots to learn more. Locked On Patriots listeners, we are ready to wrap things up here on Locked On, but not before we absorb just a little more class, pizzazz, wisdom, and counsel from my illustrious guest today, Claire Cooper, who is a columnist extraordinaire for PatsPropaganda.com. Of course, a Claire Perspective of Patriots podcast. In case you haven't heard me mention it a couple of times, folks, I'm going to mention it one more time. Smash that subscribe button, a phenomenal listen. You will not be disappointed. Claire, we've talked offensive line. We've talked wide receivers. We even sprinkled a little tight endage in there because we're contractually obligated to do that <laughs> when the Countess is my guest each and every week. But I think we're going to close out with kind of more of a broad stroke because we're taking a look now at the Patriots closing up OTA and moving toward mandatory minicamp. This is kind of the dress rehearsal for training camp. We know that. It's a three-day event at you know, Gillette Stadium, all 32 NFL teams. The Patriots are not unique in this regard, folks. But it is a situation for us to be able to see which players might be involved in a contractual holdout, depending on who shows up. OTA, you can never tell because they're completely voluntary. Everyone has mm -hmm. the right to attend or the right not to attend. And, you know, pretty much the team downplays attendance on these things. But mandatory minicamp is where you're really going to see the eyes open up. If someone doesn't show up, it could be a problem. Also, we're going to get a chance to see personnel groupings, what the Patriots are thinking for some of their new additions and what they're thinking for some of the veterans that have been key members of this team and how they're going to align in terms of offensive and defensive alignments. 
I know this is something that you always look forward to. You keep a sharp eye on it, even from across the <laughs> pond, and do your best to keep up with all of the coverage here. And you do a remarkable job considering the time difference, considering the zone you know, problems. I, I think it, it is remarkable, the job that you do trying to keep up with all of this. And when you look toward mandatory minicamp week now here in New England, what are some of the things you're looking forward to seeing? Could be offense, could be defense, anything at all. What are you looking forward to watching or keeping your eye on this week? Well, first off, Mike, we barely mentioned tight ended. So you can't really say that we, we you know, fulfilled the contract know, in regards to discussing them because we didn't really touch upon them whatsoever. And obviously one of my answers is is going to be the one thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing how the tight ends work out there, seeing how much kind of uses they get, that kind of thing. There's been teeny tiny little bits of Jonu Smith making a one-handed catch. So <laughs> I love how we kind of get really excited about one single catch. It's like it was one single catch. There is a chance <laughs> that in my lifetime I might I might manage one of those and if you caught it on Facebook, i don't know that was like, a pretty well, impressive catch. that one well yeah okay you know with all due respect probably not but i'm just sort of <laughs> trying to put it in perspective here that there's a I'm chance kidding, that, folks. you know I'm we kidding. all managed that one fantastic catch in our lifetime sort of thing but no seriously obviously it was great to kind of see him it was great to see Janu smith out there particularly because mm. he wasn't able to last year there, were, there was various reasons that kind of came to light since then initially we weren't really told he just wasn't sort of around in in that kind of time frame last year so it's good that he was it's good that Hunter was able to be there as well so it was good that they you know they already were working towards that dynamic that building back up of the team sort of thing so that was great to see and obviously that's something that I want to see anyway because I'm very much interested to see how this tight end endage core shall we say Mm -hmm. does evolve because I am interested to see being a tight end enthusiast so I know this is you know this might be just sort of small for me and a niche for me but I'm interested to see how they develop and what they do in regards to Asiasi and Dalton Keane now I know Keane was seen out there but he was limited so Mm -hmm. that sort of initially had me concerned now I know the guy's coming off surgery we get it that kind of thing there is still a worry that if he's not kind of back fit already How's that going to sort of develop into his season? He's in his third season now. It it doesn't bode well um, to mm. be sort of already limited. Hopefully it might just be kind of like growing pains. It might just be they're easing him back in and, and things like this. I, I don't know, in all fairness. So I'm just waiting to see how it does unfold sort of between now and September in regards to the tight ends if they do look at moving on from Dalton Keane and Devon Asiasi, if they do look at bringing someone else in, if they look at making a trade, if they switch it out, it just sort of feels like sort of on on the edge of my seat situation to see what's going to happen. Now, granted, nothing could happen, in all fairness. They could not do anything with either of them. Just moving forward, Dalton Keane might be sort of developing well, recovering well, and that's all great and fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I don't want him to have any injury issues. It just struck me as we're already in the situation where he's limited we've we're already starting this kind of beginning of the season almost if you like I know it's not right. official that kind of thing so with him sort of limited granted I know there are other players as well so I'm not trying to kind of pick on him or pinpoint it it was just one of those things that hit me personally of wow already limited uh, you know I hope it's just superficial as, a, as I mentioned just that they're, they're kind of putting him in gradually that sort of thing so 
for me, that's something that I'm interested to see how that moves forward. If they do look at switching out these chaps, if not, if they grow, if they sort of slot back in, that sort of thing, because we haven't seen them, as we've aforementioned on these shows before, mm-hmm. how Asiasi was a healthy scratch last season, 17 games and not a peep. And I was quite surprised at that. So that's one thing that I definitely have my tight endage radar on is what happens in regards to that. But of course, I'm a Patriots fan in general as well. So I am very interested to see how the offensive line does solidify, how the relationships kind of build between them. I know you mentioned the the setup as you as you kind of believe it maybe to be. I'm interested to say that I think maybe they'll switch out. I, I know obviously the names that you mentioned are sort of the more top players, and it, it's sort of not a given, but it's an expectation that Cole Strange looks like he's sort of ready to to be a starter. But as I mentioned, the name Dejale, the, the the sort of other pieces that they may slot in that may actually make that offensive line work better than maybe what you'd class as your your top players. Who knows? And I know there's a little bit of unrest in regards to Isaiah Wynn and his injury situations and mm-hmm. his injury histories. And as you said, he wasn't there, that kind of thing. So it may be that he isn't a starter. Now, I, I'm not assuming anything, folks. I'm not giving you any breaking news or anything. This is just an opinion of, you know, that that might be the case. So that's another sort of setup that I'm interested in seeing is how the offensive line sort of is. Then there's a mass change in regards to defence. I know a lot of people have concerns over the defensive line um, with regards to Lawrence Guy kind of getting older, that sort of situation. I love how we say these young guys are getting older. It's crazy. <laughs> and the linebackers, we they didn't add in regards to the draft with linebackers. And it was definitely what people would perceive as a need. And I don't disagree with them. However, we sort of semi-forgot about those that they drafted previously because we hadn't seen them and we didn't know what to expect from them. So hopefully this mandatory mini camp will sort of give us a little bit more of what we can expect from them, perhaps. Mm-hmm. maybe I know it's still it's still quite and, until you get to September until you get to NFL games against other NFL teams it, it's difficult to sort of judge what they've got um, but we kind of can only go on what we've shown and yeah so it, it'd be interesting to see what these kids have got what these new linebackers I say new I know some of them first second year that kind of thing but they still seem very new because we haven't really seen them play and we haven't seen the system with them in to see how the system does work with regards to somebody like Bledsoe because they maintain Devon McCourty and things like this to see how these mm-hmm. how they set them up, how how the defence is just going to be full of safeties and the offence is just going to be full of tight ends, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. So I'm very interested to look into that in all fairness. So for me, it's kind of a big picture. It's kind of an everything. I'm mm-hmm. very interested to see how everything transpires, how everything is set up. And again, the speed of Thornton, that that kind of thing, and, and how Parker is used. So it is really a bit of everything. I'm very interested to see, as I keep saying, um, <laughs> looking forward to seeing <laughs> the general setup. But for me personally, as a tight-ended person, that that's the one little thing, if you want me to pinpoint, that is the one little thing that I'm 
looking forward to very interested in seeing how it develops with regards to when we get to training camp that rotating door of players that kind of come in sign oh, yeah. for a day and then leave all the tight ends that they signed last year i think they had something like eight technically on the roster at one time and then obviously they all sort of left that kind of thing in regards to paul butler and, and other names that escape me at the moment that I usually can remember. So, yeah, I'm sort of interested in that revolving door of, of players, but mainly in my case in, in tight ends, to see how we get from what they have now, what we're seeing now, what we're sort of showed now in regards to Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Devon Asiasi, Dalton Keane and Matt Sokol. No. Sokol. So cool. you had it right. I always, I always keep thinking that his name's Skull, and it's not. It's me. My brain not working properly. Apologies, folks. If his Thank last God. name was Skull and he did not play for the Minnesota Vikings, that would, yeah, <laughs> that would be a true well, disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in regards to sort of what they've got now in those five and what they end up with come September, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe, and that's because I'm hoping, who knows, but I wouldn't be surprised if that setup from that five to what they've got come September might actually be really, really different. So that's definitely something that I am keeping my sharp eye on, as well as the rest of the team, because I am a full Patriots fan, you know, when it comes down to it. But that's my little particular thing to see, to see what's changing, to see what's different when it comes to tight endage. Yeah, I think your sharp eye is going to be very similar to that of the Patriots fan base. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, mixing in different players and not just really focusing on the front runners. And we have a tendency to do that. You mentioned the offensive line and Justin Harone is getting a lot of interesting looks from the Patriots coaching staff They're showing a lot of faith in him, putting him in there with the starting unit. Johnny could just get some starts yesterday. Uh, the, uh, uh, previous day as well um and that to me i don't know if that's necessarily a numbers game or if that's a situation where the patriots are finally looking at him maybe realizing his potential i remember people telling me when he came out of west virginia this kid was going to be a a star in this league or at least uh you know have the the opportunity to be a steal in that draft do these guys make that leap um, we didn't mention much of on the defense uh, this time around, but I just wrote a piece uh, for uh, Sports Illustrated uh, uh, the other day on Devon Godchow and how mm -hmm. he needs to make that next level step yeah. in the final year of his contract to really be that stabilizing presence. We talked about David Andrews in the middle of the offensive line. Godchow needs to really step up and be a stabilizing presence in the middle of the defensive line. I'm not saying the same type of role. They're two different players, two different uh, presence in the locker room, but there's a step that needs to be taken there. And then, of course, the secondary. I'm looking forward to seeing Malcolm Butler progress. We saw him a little yeah. bit this week. How's he going to have an impact on that secondary? Is you know, the combination of he and Jalen Mills going to be enough? Are the Patriots going to need to add something to the cornerback position? I still think that's the biggest hole on the team, and I'm really concerned to see how this team is going to progress down the line. And then, of course, you know, the safety position, which I always have a penchant for because of my guy, Adrian Phillips. He's got two more <laughs> box safeties alongside him right now in Kyle Duggar and also in uh, Jabril Peppers, who was brought on as well. So interesting things for the Patriots right now. A lot of... Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of interesting things going on with the Patriots right now, and I think it's going to be very, very difficult uh, to keep your eye on only one of the things that Claire mentioned yeah. because there's so many storylines heading into this mini camp. 
I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are as well, Claire. We'll keep you updated right here on Locked On Patriots, folks. We're going to have boots on the ground. I will be in attendance next week at Mandatory Minicamp, so I'm looking forward to that. And, Claire, I'll be joining you on one of those days right here on Locked On Patriots. So things are about to get interesting in Foxborough, and we look forward to having you along for the ride, as well as all the great guests and our listeners here on Locked On Patriots. But I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for joining me here today on a holiday in your neck of the woods, no less, uh, but for you to be here and to uh, take the time out to still bring your class and pizzazz and wisdom and counsel here to the Lockdown Patriots masses. We really appreciate you, Claire. So before I let you go, please let everyone know where they can interact with you on social media, where they can find your great work, and what we can look forward to, not only on a Claire Perspective, the Patriots podcast, but also uh, on Pat's Propaganda. Of course, well... As this is kind of like a side gig for me, this I do have what they call a regular day job. So that's been keeping me quite busy. So I haven't been writing very much recently. Plus the topics of, you know, have been less than kind of that you can really talk about in all fairness. We've had we've had not very that much to report and until sort of recently now. So my writing has slipped a little, so I do apologize. But yeah, you'll find me on Pat's Propaganda and Tom Shaw Mellers is on there as well, my work colleague. A Claire perspective, as you mentioned, I've been I've still been managing to squeeze that in. So that's that was out last week with Paul Perillo and then it will come at you next week. So yeah, I'm still trying to keep the every two weeks going and trying to as as best I can. So Hopefully I'll have a new guest for you in a couple of weeks time as well. And then, of course, not to forget to mention One Patriot's Place brought to you by E2G Sports, where you will find myself, Steve Balistrieri and Thomas Murphy. Absolutely, folks. And I can't recommend it highly enough. Definitely check out all the great work that Claire does on PatsPropaganda.com. Her and Tom do an amazing job with that site. Claire Perspective of the Patriots podcast, like I said, one of my favorite listens and another one of my favorite listens, One Patriots Place starring Claire, Murph, and of course, the resident voice of reason here on Locked On Patriots will join us a little later here in the week, Steve Balistrieri. Claire, again, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your counsel. A special extra thank you for the class and pizzazz, which we know and love each and every week. But folks, thank you so much for making Locked On Patriots the daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. And now that you've concluded your listening of Locked On Patriots for the day, be sure to make your second listen, the Locked On NFL podcast. Go and check that out. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, smash that subscribe button on YouTube as well. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. On behalf of the illustrious Claire, Classy Claire Cooper, I'm Mike DeBate. Have a great day, everyone.